Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Steve Kenyon Podcast. I am Steve Kenyon. Thank you for joining us as uh, we get into the middle of the month of January. The International Finals Rodeo is this weekend. The championship event of the International Professional Rodeo Association. The IPRA is the second largest rodeo sanctioning body in the world, right behind the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association. You can watch the IFR this weekend on the Next Gen Rodeo app. If you don't currently have the Next Gen Rodeo app, please download it and uh, watch the international finals rodeo this weekend from the lazy e arena in guthrie oklahoma on the next gen rodeo app we've got a lot to get to as we get into this uh, week's edition of the steve canyon podcast we'll talk a little saddle bronc riding we'll talk a little barrel racing with stephanie fryer she's got a chance to win a million dollars at the wcra's next major event and the fort worth stock show and rodeo is about to get underway we will get into all of that coming up we begin with the odessa texas rodeo the sandhill stock show and rodeo final weekend is this weekend the rodeo wraps up on saturday night january the 13th statler right after the first of two weekends of competition in odessa is winning the saddle bronc riding he made an 87 and a half point ride i caught up with statler right to ask him about odessa his plans for 2023 he had an interesting story to tell about his dad winning the rodeo in odessa 15 years ago a year when he would go on and win a world title. Here's more with Statler Wright. Talking to Saddle Bronc rider Statler Wright. Statler, thanks for your time. Good job in Odessa, Texas. You were 87 and a half points there. Yeah, I well, appreciate it. Um, tell me about the horse. You told me before we started it's a young horse from the Butler and Sons called Rawhide. Yeah, I had seen only, I, I looked at one video of him. They were like 85 on him in Abilene last year, and I knew if he had his day, I had a chance to be a lot of points. So I just, I went at it as it, it was a cult, but it worked out just like I wanted it to. Yeah. Um, third year in the PRCA, you've been top 25, top 30 the last two years. The next step, join your brothers at the NFR this year. What, what's the plan? Yeah, that's the plan. I've uh, tried to get a kind of a little head start, just get out here and just kind of get comfortable rodeo. And I'm really excited to get rolling. My saddle's feeling good everything's feels like everything's clicking were you, are you in a spot a little bit this year i don't remember that you've had much luck in odessa i might be wrong are you in a spot where you're getting into some rodeos that you haven't been to before or did you get into all those big building rodeos last year uh last year i i ended up i think i ended the year my rookie year 20th so i got into just about everything we usually don't go to odessa but i had uh actually the only reason i wanted to go to it is i seen that little documentary on my dad they made clear back in 2008 and the year he won the world he won odessa so i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna go to odessa (laughs) (laughs) hopefully it'll hopefully the can do it again does your dad help you with your entries yeah i called him and asked him i just usually i just kind of let him enter me wherever he he's been there done that and so i just let him do it but I did tell him I wanted to go to Odessa. Yeah. Well, what'd he say? He said, I'll think about it. And then about, I think the next morning I got a call back for Odessa and I, so I got in the truck and drove there. What does the rest of your month of January look like? There are a lot of things for you to do. A lot of places for you to go. A lot of those rodeos were, were that are the big long ones. Um, how many are you entered in? What's your, your January look like? Oh shoot. It's, I'm actually really busy, surprisingly busy for this time of year. I got, uh, I'll go to San Diego on Thursday 
for that. Uh, I'm honestly not real sure what it, it's just a C5 is putting on a rodeo out there at Petco Park. Right. And then fly back, go to Denver, and then go to Oklahoma City, and then Fort Worth. But there'll be lots of back and forth between Denver and Oklahoma City because they got them kind of on top of each other. It'll be kind of hard to make both of them, but we'll we'll get her done. Yeah. Uh, that rodeo in San Diego is the C5 Rodeo Company out of Canada. I need to do a little bit more on that, too. It's, it's something that I think a lot of people are kind of um, – Kind of like wondering, you know, how that's going to work. Yeah, I, I'm not real sure what what's going on. I just, I, they, I heard it sold out on Saturday night, so it, they must have advertised it really well. But I just haven't really looked into it that much. Statler, before I let you go, your brother Rusty's been fighting some injuries. Your brother Stetson um, had to sit out of the national finals rodeo for the most part. He was supposed to have surgery. I think he told me the Wednesday after the NFR. Um, Rusty, you said, is going to get on this weekend. Uh, what's 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 Stetson doing? How's Rusty feeling? Shoot, Stetson, he just they've kind of got him on bed rest. He can get up and move around every once in a while. He, he's actually moving a lot better than I think anyone expected him to be. So that's, that's a plus. Hopefully, hoping to get back in June, I think, is what he was telling me right during Reno. Mm-hmm. And Rusty, I think he's he's finally back. I think this will be the year where he really shows everyone he's back. He's got he'll go to Uvalde this weekend and so hopefully that just starts off his year and gets yeah. everything rolling. Uvalde's at San Antonio qualifier, so hopefully he can he can move on and get into that. He broke his leg in what, two thousand twenty two. Um and it's been a fight ever since to get back from that. Um, how are you feeling? Really good. I feel better now than I think I ever have. Oh, that's awesome. Um, well, yeah. good luck the rest of the way. Congratulations on getting off to a great start. In Odessa, your dad won it in 2008, and he won a world title. Let's see if that's a, a, an omen. Sure hope so. <laughs> Statler Wright joining us. Uh, he's leading the rodeo in Odessa, Texas, after the first weekend, 87 and a half. Kind of an interesting story out of Odessa. Jess Tierney won the single steer roping average for the third time. There were two record-setting three-time champions that came out of last weekend of rodeo competition. Jess Tierney from South Dakota winning Odessa in the single steer roping and Wyatt Casper from Texas winning Colorado versus the World, the rodeo that kicked off the National Western Stock Show and Rodeo for a record-setting third straight time. Wyatt Casper will join us a little bit later on. Today's program is being sponsored by Wrangler. Long live Cowboys. Thank you to M2 Ranch Jerky. M2 Ranch Jerky debuting in the spring of 2024. We're just a couple months away from true traditional cowboy jerky. Unbeatable feeds now available at tractor supply stores with the forage only feed. We feed that feed, folks, and we love it. Our horses are doing great on uh, the unbeatable feeds forage only feed product. Uh, you can find them now at tractor. Find it now at tractor supply stores all over the country. Thank you to Resist All. We wear it every day. And to the Justin Boot Company, the standard of the West since 1879. Barrel racer Stephanie Fryer from Waco, Texas, qualified for the National Finals Rodeo in 2008. In 2024, she's got a chance to become the second million-dollar money winner from the World Champions Rodeo Alliance and the WCRA's Triple Crown of Rodeo. She won the rodeo in North Carolina back in October. She won the Stampede at the E the first weekend of January at the Lazy E Arena in Guthrie, Oklahoma. The third opportunity for her to win three in a row is coming up in May.
May in Corpus Christi, Texas at the rodeo there. If she wins that rodeo, she wins a million dollars. We had a chance to talk to Stephanie Fryer about the stampede at the E at the Lazy E Arena in Guthrie, Oklahoma. Barrel racer Stephanie Fryer from Waco, Texas. Stephanie, welcome. Thank you for your time. You have been very busy the last couple of days. This chance to win a million dollars seems to have gotten a lot of people's attention. Yes, sir. Uh, evidently, when you, you win something significant, people want to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I, I understand. I told you when we started, Bobby Boat once told me, if you're calling, it means I just did something good. So, And you just did something good. You won $20,000 at the Stampede at the E, your second WCRA major win. Uh, you now focus on Corpus Christi in May, and if you can win that one, you'll win a million dollars. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's talk about uh, Guthrie, Oklahoma, and the Lazy E. It appears to me that they didn't have that pattern set up very big in the arena. You were like a 15-3. That arena is ginormous. You can easily put a standard course in there. Tell me about your run. Uh, they they did. They kind of set a smaller pattern out in the middle, so the barrels were really off the fence, um, which – Frank, thankfully, it doesn't matter. Tight, far off. He he doesn't really care. Um, started out, I ran in the qualifying round, and I actually drug a barrel um, to win. I think third. And so the next round, I was like, oh, around the barrels, <laughs> play it a little safer. <laughs> and I mean, I was glad it happened the qualifying round because I was seated from the standings to go ahead and get moved forward. Yeah. And. I knew to ride a little more accordingly. As a guy who lives in a household full of barrel racers and barrel racing horses, I've often thought this sport would be a whole lot easier if you guys could get rid of the obstacles in the arena. Just saying. I'm... I work the invisible barrels all the time. If they would just <laughs> let me run them, we'd be real good. Stephanie, tell me about Frank. Tell me about your horse. Uh, Frank is the coolest horse on earth. Um, I got him his four-year-old year. Him, the running joke when he was younger was that there was Rady Frank and Fast Frank. Well, thankfully, as we've gotten older, now we've just come a little more accustomed to being called Fast Frank. And he he's really shown, he always knows when to show up and when it really matters. Yeah. You've been at this for a while. You qualified for the NFR in 2008. Um, and so now here it is, 2023. You go to the Lazy E Arena. You win $20,000 um, at one rodeo. You now have a chance to win a million. Have you taken any time to think back on how much more money is available in all areas of this industry um, than maybe when you first started and even when you qualified for the NFR 15 years ago? I actually just talked to Luke Branquino about that on our chit chat, and he was like, I wished I wouldn't. <laughs> he goes, I've got a great job now, but I wished I could have competed for the money that they give away nowadays. Yeah, you've won like it, a, it's impressive. Yeah, you've won like a hundred thousand dollars just in the WCRA. Talk about the success you've had at those events. Their events are really good for Frank and I. Um, they're set up on an average as far as getting to the short round, so that's something that Frank benefits from. And um, the more runs I make on him in a pen, the more comfortable he gets. And so the WCRA has been a good good event for me to take him to. Is Frank anything like the horse that took you to the NFR in 2008? Are they similar in style or approach or any of those kinds of things? Is that something that you look for in a horse? 
They're actually very similar. He's a little more of a square version of her, but they run the same straight lines four points of the turn, and so I think that's why I've had the success on him that I have. How have you done in Corpus Christi, Texas in the past? I won fourth there last year. Um, Frank ran a little timid, and so I'm hoping going in this year with more confidence in him. He's another year seasoned. Uh, I have high hopes. Um, the reason I ask about Corpus Christi, obviously, is it would be real hard for me, Stephanie, to not let my mind wander to, okay, if I win that million dollars, what am I going to do with it? Um I'm actually already locked, loaded, and set. I, okay. They they give me a million dollars. It's literally I'm finding a financial advisor, investing it, and then if I want to spend some of the money, it can be off the interest of it. <laughs> <laughs> and a girl, Richie Champion did that when he won the American the first year. I think his dad took a hold of him immediately, and he said it's the best thing he's ever done. So there you go. You got the right plan. Yes, sir. Um, Tell me what you do between now and then. I know you've already run at Odessa this week. You're doing all these interviews that you've been doing in the middle of trying to take care of barrel racing horses. What is your, what's your program for 2024? Uh, you started fast last year. You were in the WPRA standings for quite a while. What's your program for the coming year? So in the 18th through the 20th, we were qualified for the American semifinals in the central region. So we'll go to Oklahoma City. I'm up at Fort Worth the following weekend. And so between here and Corpus will be all the pro rodeos, the American semifinals. And then once Corpus gets here, of course, that's priority. And then the end of May, we'll take off and head towards Canada and hit it hard for making the NFR. Awesome. Uh, Stephanie Fryer, congratulations on the Lazy E. Good luck in Corpus Christi and good luck. There's a lot of money to be won between now and that potential million dollars in May. Good luck at all the other events you're going to. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for your time, Stephanie. That's barrel racer Stephanie Fryer from Waco, Texas, talking about winning the stampede at the E in uh, Guthrie, Oklahoma. And now... Maybe in May, she becomes the next million-dollar money winner from the WCRA. You might remember R.C. Landingham uh, won that million dollars at uh, the uh, Caltown Coliseum in Fort Worth in December of 2022. Uh, we're going to take a timeout. When we come back, we'll talk about the Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo. And Saddle Bronc rider Wyatt Casper joins us. He just made history in Denver at the National Western Stock Show and Rodeo, winning Colorado versus the world for the third time. Thanks for joining us on the Steve Kenyon Podcast. Rodeo fans, the Grandview at Las Vegas has become one of the most popular destinations for visitors from around the world during the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. People love the big, comfortable rooms, just far enough from the hustle and bustle of the Strip, but close enough to have a great time. The Grandview is right next door to the South Point and just minutes from the Thomas and Mac. Make your reservation today. Go to dailymanagementresorts.com. The Grandview at Las Vegas. Prefer is proud to introduce estate fencing. This unique all-metal fence uses the same swedge connecting rail as our popular Ponderosa fence, allowing it to flow beautifully along the contour of your land. With rails and posts constructed from galvanized material covered with an architectural grade powder coat finish, it resists fading, rust, and other outdoor conditions. This fence is strong enough to last a lifetime and safe enough to house livestock. Best of all, no welding required. For more information, visit prefertfence.com. 
A new taste in jerky is right around the corner, M2 Ranch Jerky. In the early spring of 2024, M2 Ranch Jerky will bring true traditional cowboy jerky to a store near you. Less sugar, more meat, more flavor. Top-notch seasonings and sauces, prime rib and steak rub, lemon pepper, garlic pepper, seafood and shrimp, Cajun. M2 Ranch, traditional cowboy jerky, beef, buffalo, elk and venison coming this spring. True to the cowboy way. You're listening to the Steve Kenyon Podcast. I hope you'll check out the newly remodeled 8 Seconds Media store. Go to 8secondsmedia.com. Click on the shop link. We've got uh, clothing for men's and women, ball caps, some warm coats that have been added. Um, I should probably go to my own store and get one of those warm coats because I'm headed to Spokane, Washington this weekend. There's a professional Bull Riders Velocity Tour event expected to be sold out on Saturday night. It is supposed to be one degree in Spokane when my plane lands in Spokane. So, uh, yeah, be a good time to go buy yourself one of those warm coats. Uh, go to the uh, 8secondsmedia.com website, click on the shop link, and that'll take you to the 8 Seconds Media store. Wyatt Casper just made a little history. The Saddlebrock rider from Texas finished 10th in the PRCA's world standings in 2023. There's an event that kicks off the National Western Stock Show and Rodeo every year in Denver called Colorado versus the World. It is a Saturday one day three performances the champions of various rodeos around the state of colorado versus champions from various rodeos around the country they bring them together in a championship round on saturday night they end up with a two-person shootout uh, one from the colorado team one from the world team wyatt casper has now won it three straight times uh, he won almost ten thousand dollars this year and joined us to talk about winning colorado versus the world and his plans for 2024 Talking to Saddle Bronc rider Wyatt Casper, made a little history over the weekend, won Colorado versus the world in Denver for the third straight time. Nobody's ever won that three times, let alone three in a row. Wyatt, welcome. How are you? I'm doing good, Steve. Thanks for having me. Thank you. I appreciate it. So let's talk a little bit about Denver and uh, that event in Colorado. You won about $10,000. It's not a sanctioned event, but the money always counts. Um, you've had a lot of luck there, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't count for PRCA standings, but the money still spends the same. So uh, I'm just blessed, man. That's a such a cool deal that the stock show puts on, and uh, I'm just pretty fortunate to be able to go up there and win it three times in a row. For folks who have never been there, describe this this event. It's three performances in one day. You got on, what, three horses, I think, over two of those three performances. Is that the way that it worked? Yeah, yeah. Like uh, I rode for Colorado since I won Elizabeth, and uh, I rode in the three o'clock perf. Got on one horse, and then come back to the short round. Got on one in the short round, and then another one in the shootout deal. So three horses that day. Um, tell me about your last one, which was worth ten thousand dollars, because that at shootout round, it's you and whoever the world champion is. So it's a head-to-head match. What's that like? Yeah, uh, that's a pretty cool deal. Um, I, I got to get on against Brady Hill. He's a great bronc rider. Um, I think he had I'm a B of Volds, and I had Risky Mistress of Volds. And uh, uh, just I was lucky enough that my horse outperformed his a little bit, and the ride looked a little better. So we got out of there with a the win. They they have you guys come out in the arena and pick your horses, right? 
Yeah, yeah. We go out there, stand with Boyd, and he goes through the videos of the horses, and uh, we stand there and pick them. And uh, it's just a it's a different deal that not a lot of people do, and it, it's pretty awesome. Did you pick first or second? The reason I'm asking is um, if you pick second, you you pretty well knew exactly what you were going to get because Brady basically chose for you. But if you picked first, right. why did you pick the horse that you picked? No, I got to pick first. Um, I knew I'm a B uh, was kind of a, a little bit on the weaker end, but I knew that uh, Risky Mistress was really good. I had a couple of buddies tell me before that how good that horse has been and uh, how she's a little more showy and a, a little bit bigger, a paint horse. And uh, I just thought maybe that that would be the good pick. Wyatt, tell me about your plans for 2024. I know you're headed off to an American qualifier. You did not finish in the top 10 in the PRCA, or did you? I forget where you ended up. But um, yeah. you've had a little bit of luck in your life for folks who've forgotten at the American. You won $600,000 a couple of years ago. So that's probably a good place to go and start and try to get a big check again, huh? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, my plan for 2024 is to uh... – I'm going to kind of take it a little slower this winter than I have in the past, uh, go to a lot of the big ones and, uh, just try to spend some time with the family here at the house and, uh, just try to keep having the same luck I've been having this year so far. Um, it's already been pretty good and, uh, just go hit them at the big ones. Yeah. I correct myself. You were 10th in the world standings last year. You won $205,000 and you finished 10th. Wyatt, it wasn't that long ago that you win $205,000 in a year in the bronc riding. You're the world champion. Um, that's how much money is, has become available to you guys now. Yeah, that just goes to show you how far rodeo has come as a whole, you know. And bronc riding, you know, we're getting new bronc matches every day. It seems like somebody wants to put on a bronc match, put up the money. And uh, well, I'm, I'm excited for the way that bronc riding is going right now, you know. Uh, shoot. We've got the best roster of bronc riders going down the road right now than I think possibly ever. And uh, it's getting harder and harder to make the NFR. It's taking more and more money. And uh, a guy's kind of got to look at it a little different now and kind of plan his rodeos a little better and uh, not make any mistakes when the money's on the line. Yeah. Wyatt made a comment about um, getting off to a good start for the 2024 rodeo season. October, the Brad Germanson Extreme, the first weekend of October in uh, Newtown, North Dakota, ended up second in the short round, third in the average, won almost $12,000, um, has had some pretty good luck at a couple of Cinch World's toughest events. And then on New Year's Eve in Gillette, Wyoming, almost uh, well, $90, $9,200, including winning the short round and the long round, um, with rides of 85 and 88 and a half points. I see what you mean when you say you've gotten off to a pretty good start. Yeah, I've had some pretty good luck at the few rodeos I've been to. And uh, to be where I'm at in the world standings right now, going into Denver and Fort Worth and all that, it's pretty pretty special. Yeah. So let me ask you about your health. You tore up your hamstring. I remember watching it happen in Livingston, Montana last year. Um, yeah. Cost you... You think about winning $205,000 and then think about the fact that you basically missed all of July and a lot of August, right? Which is when some of the biggest money rodeos happen. Yeah, I was out from July 4th all the way to August 5th. I come back for Sentinel Butte, the Bronc match, and uh, 
yeah missing missing that month was pretty tough you know i had to miss calgary i had to miss big drunk matchup in canada pollockville uh cheyenne like I, I had to miss a lot of the good ones and uh i'm ready to hopefully stay healthy all year this year and build a rodeo july i haven't been able to rodeo much of july the last two years because of my hamstrings yeah you've you've torn hamstrings two years in a row right yes sir huh um yeah there is I, I I won't ask you a dumb question like how do you not have that happen the third straight year, but because there's no way to prevent it I don't think. But how does that affect you as a saddle bronc rider coming back? I tore my hamstring up a couple of years in July of 2022, and uh, that thing still I mean it bothered me for a long time. And admittedly I'm old and out of shape, but I mean getting back from that injury has got to be a challenge for a bronc rider, doesn't it? Yeah, it seems like one of those deals that uh, it never comes back 100%. Like, there's always kind of going to be a little bit of problem with it. It's going to get a little sort up. But uh, it takes a little bit of time to get back to trusting it, you know, because, I mean, you uh, think about it. You use your hamstrings whenever you spur a horse out, whenever you're trying to get a hold of a horse. Um, just any time you got a spur in them, them hamstrings are working, so – to come back and try to get the strong feeling of those and get the trusting it again to make sure it's not going to tear and all that. It, it, it's a big part of your mind. So, uh, I, I hope I never tear one again yeah. and hopefully they stay healthy. So, yeah, well, it can't happen three years in a row. I mean, I'm just going to say it now. It can't happen three years in a row. <laughs> Surely, not. <laughs> Surely not. Hey, I want to ask you a question that I, I know I've asked you before and it's been a couple of years, but, it has been three or four years now since you won that $600,000 at the American. And prior to that, you were, you were battling. Um, you were a dad trying to be a bronc rider. That gave you a little bit of a cushion. Look back on that now as you get ready to head off to the American qualifier in Las Vegas this weekend. Um, you've had a chance to really think about and, and see the impact of that on your life. How big a deal was that to you? Oh, it was a huge deal. You know, uh, I was, I mean, I was young when I got married, had kids. My wife was young, so we didn't really have a pot to piss in and everything we had, we had to work for. And for us to get that kind of money at one time was pretty life changing. You know, uh, it changed the course of our lives forever. Um, I was able to focus a lot more on rodeoing, not having to go work all the time. And, uh, I, I get to spend a lot of time with my kids and do what I love. So. Yeah. Uh, the American was a big blessing to us. It's easier to rodeo when you're not worried about paying the bills. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. If you can go out and rodeo and have fun and not always have to look at your bank account and make sure that there's money in it, pay your entry fees, it's, it takes a lot of weight off your shoulders, especially when you got two kids and a wife at home that need to eat. So, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and what's interesting now you talked about, I want to, I want to dig just a little deeper into, um, what you're doing outside of rodeo before I let you go. And so with your permission, I'd like to ask you two final questions. Number yeah. one, um, we're getting ready as you and I are talking, it's Thursday, January the 10th or 11th, whatever day it is, um, January 11th. And we're getting ready for a cold snap in Texas. Um, you're getting ready to head off to Las Vegas. What do you, you're, I, I, I really stole some time that Wyatt probably needs to be spending outside working on his place and getting ready to, deal with that really bad cold weather 
handling life at home and handling life on the road, how big that's got to be an important part of being successful in rodeo, doesn't it? Yeah, it goes hand in hand. Um, uh, it can sometimes be tough to come home and get stuff done that you need to get done, but instead of spending time with your family, but um, we got horses here to feed and just this property to take care of. If anything's down, that takes time for me hanging out with the kids or doing whatever I need to do. So, um, yeah, cold snaps coming through. We're fixing to leave here at, uh, here in a couple of hours and head to Denver. So I had to winterize my camper cause it's going to be sitting at the airport for a couple of days while we fly to Vegas. And then, uh, I got some self water and horse tanks out here that need water heaters put in them that have not had put back in yet. So, yeah. uh, just getting all that prepared. I got a guy that comes and checks on my stuff whenever we're gone. And, uh, I just try to make it as easy on him as I can. So if he ain't got to go out there and bust water, then that's, that's pretty helpful. You are not old by any matter of means, but you are one of the more veteran guys going out there right now. Um, yeah. And a lot of these kids aren't going to have, you know, maybe the advantage aren't going to win $600,000 in one day, like you did a few years ago. Um, right. What, what would you tell them about getting ready for – you're thinking now, I know because you and I have talked about this, about what's going to happen in your life after you ride Bronx. What do you tell these younger guys about that? Uh, I would just say don't put all your eggs in one basket, you know. Uh, there is a time frame on how long you get the rodeo and ride bucking horses, so I would just – tell them just to have something to fall back on you know yeah it, it may work for you it may not work out for you um but rodeo creates so many opportunities for us you know we develop friends all over the world and uh there'd be anybody out there that'll help you any day so um i just say stick with the rodeo as long as you can and do what you love yeah and uh, try to think about okay i got to do something when i get done too so um there's all yeah. of that. Wyatt, I, I always appreciate your time. Congratulations on Denver. Uh, you're you're riding at the National Western before you go to Vegas, right? No, I'll go to Vegas, uh, ride there the 12th and 13th, and then come back ride at Denver the 14th. Got it. Do you know what you're getting on in Vegas yet, or have they drawn? I have no idea. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. I wish I knew what I was getting on. I'll bet they're good, whatever they are. So. I, that's what I heard. Yep. I heard they're bringing a bunch of good ones, so it's awesome. going to be great. Awesome. I'll, I'll get off, off the phone and out of your life, White. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Travel safe, and we'll see you somewhere soon. Yes, sir. Thank you, Steve. You too. At Saddle Bronc rider Wyatt Casper, he finished 10th in the PRCA's world standings at the end of the 2023 rodeo season. Do you know there's a rodeo in San Diego this weekend? Rodeo San Diego is this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, the website for Rodeo San Diego, if you'd like to know more about it, is rodeosd.com. It is taking place at Petco Park, uh, which is where the, uh, the, the, the facility where the San Diego Padres play their baseball games. The C5 Rodeo Company is there putting it together we'll see how things go the uh, website says saturday is sold out there's some tickets available for friday and sunday uh, but uh, rodeo san diego presented by the outriders is this weekend friday saturday and sunday fort worth stock show and rodeo gets underway this weekend it is ranching heritage weekend the best of the west ranch rodeo friday and saturday uh, best of mexico celebration 
on Sunday. Cowboys a color rodeo on Martin Luther King uh, Jr. Day coming up on Monday. And uh, before long, they'll be into the PRCA Pro Rodeo Tournament. I recently sat down with Cal White. He is the rodeo director of the Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo, talking about the 2022 Rodeo of the Year Award they received about induction into the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame and some new things that are happening in 2024. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate you having me on. Well, thank you for letting me come to your beautiful facility. Folks who don't get a chance to see this behind the scenes, you know, they may be seeing the new Dickies Arena. They saw the old Will Rogers. They don't see everything else that is here on this massive complex that you guys have here. Yeah, it's a beautiful complex on both sides of the street. You know, um, we spent a lot of years with our rodeo over in Will Rogers Coliseum, a lot of ambiance and tradition and heritage and history over in that arena. Uh, made the transition over to Dickey's Arena, which is a state-of-the-art facility. Uh, lots of resources, lots of cameras, lots of personnel. Also, all of the cattle barns and a variety of um, indoor venues, outdoor space uh, here during the show. And museums join the complex. And there's just a lot to offer for folks that want to show up. Fort Worth is a very worthy, obviously, inductee into the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame. Um, but that's got to mean a lot to have that kind of recognition for your more than 125 year old rodeo absolutely 127 year uh, years old this year um like, like i said history tradition lots of legends walking through the gates over those 127 years and we stand on the backs of the shoulders of legends uh you know our rodeo number with the prca is 13 hmm. and brad and i were recently looking at that and the only other one that's got a lower number than us is denver Wow. And so that kind of tells you, you know, where we've been in the spectrum and and um, we're proud to be in be an older so historical rodeo. You mentioned history and tradition. And I always have this theory and you can tell me if you agree or disagree. History and tradition is important. It's wonderful. It is the backbone upon which our sport is built. But rodeo committees cannot just rely on history and tradition. They have to move forward with making their production palatable and entertaining for the audiences of today that are walking around staring at their phones. And am I right in saying that? Absolutely. And that's, you know, we've, we have those conversations here at the show all the time. Obviously, we are tasked with carrying the history and tradition of our show forward to the new generations and also meshing um, a lot of modern things into our rodeo and making sure that that rodeo fan as that profile changes over the years that we're um, you know we're keeping those folks engaged those younger folks that come to the rodeo we want to make sure that they enjoy it from where they sit and you know that profile has changed drastically over the last 50 years 20 years 10 years and so we've got to always be thinking ahead and how do we continually engage those folks and what are the new strategies to do so Last year, PRCA's Large Indoor Rodeo of the Year, the first time in 126 years that Fort Worth won that honor. Um, I, I remember talking to some of you folks that are involved in this great event after that was over, and it was a big deal. Huge to deal. all of you. Yeah, huge deal here in Fort Worth. As you mentioned, it was our first one, um, and which is – you know, obviously, I'm I'm uh, partial to the show, and so it was our first one. Very grateful, very uh, humbled by that. Um, you know, as I mentioned, when I was I was fortunate enough to be able to accept that award. Uh, the thanks for that and the first line of offense that we have here during the show are our valued volunteers. 
the folks that are out there when those contestants and personnel and attendees show up that greet them with a smile, that help them unload their trailers, that get them to where they need to go, that answer their questions, that hold their kids' hands and, hold, you know, do all of that sort of stuff, shuttle them from the parking lot to the secretary's office and make sure they get their stuff over there dry and, you know, whatever the case may be, the thanks really goes to those folks first and foremost. And then, you know, we have the benefit of the of, of beautiful Dickies Arena over there, the welcoming staff, our security personnel, everybody that's on staff over there at Dickies Arena um, has made that transition, um, you know, great for us because they again welcome those folks they don't give them a hard time when they're coming through the gates and the door and it's it's about the experience here when you get to fort worth and those folks are our first line of offense the security personnel the personnel working at dickie's arena and our volunteers and then obviously you know we have the beauty of of having a state-of-the-art facility for those uh, contestants and personnel and animals to all come compete in and on down the list so my first ever visit to the Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo. I'm embarrassed. I should remember exactly the year it was. It was the year the Seahawks won the football, uh, the Super Bowl. Um, but it's been 10, 12, 15 years since I started coming to Fort Worth. And just in that brief period of time, you guys have made a lot of changes. Not just Dickey's Arena, but changing format, changing numbers of performances, um, shortening up, tightening up the production. There has been a lot of innovation that we just talked about happened in the last decade and a half. Yes, sir. Yeah, you know, uh, just since, and I've been been with the show about that long, fourteen years or so. So about the time that you came in is about the time I got started with the show. And you know, I started out in uh, managing the social media for the show, which was a new right. endeavor. And from then on, it's been a whirlwind of just like you said, changing, modernizing, but while keeping tradition relevant as well. And taking our show to new heights, and and Mr. Barnes over here in the office, our uh, president, has been really integral in a lot of that brainstorming and encouraging additional thoughts and way of ways of doing things, and bringing in younger folks into the office that um, can have you know creative and new strategies and ways to reach these younger folks. And it's just been it's been a lot of fun, um, you know. And as you mentioned, I'm the rodeo director for the show, and and uh, I feel very blessed to have the responsibility of managing 25 performances of rodeo. And again, Brad right. has given me that opportunity and um, it's just been, a, it's been a whirlwind to be That's, concise. First time you and I met Cal, I'm pretty sure Matt Brockman brought you over to be on an interview that I did during a radio broadcast one year. Maybe it was your first year. Maybe it was both of our first years um, in coming to Fort Worth and, and being involved in the Fort Worth Sox show and rodeo. So what do you do in 2023 to build on what you did in 2022? Well, you know, uh, 24 or 2024. Yes. Um, what you did on two in 2023. Yes, sir. Yeah. No, it's, it's just about, it is about to be a new year, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, in this, in this industry, we all think in, you know, one year in the past and current year and a year yeah. in advance, yeah. you know? And so, uh, it's sometimes it gets a little convoluted, but anyway, um, you know, we take what we did in 23 and obviously we want to meet that threshold, right? Because the last several years at Dickey's arena have been, just phenomenal from a production standpoint uh we've got the best livestock in the business the best personnel in the business and those folks make our job really easy here in fort worth make us look really good out there in front of everybody um but we take that threshold from 23 and then we look at ways to start building on that and what can we do what can we move around how can we get more efficient here what can we tighten up here what do we need to do to this particular area 
and then we just start you know trying to fine-tune things and start looking at ways to get better and as brad says we can always be better yeah. and doesn't matter if we're the large indoor rodeo of the year or not um we're always looking at ways to be more efficient and better so that when that attendee comes to our show and that contestant comes to our show or that stock contract contractor brings his animal to our event um they have a good experience we're all about the experience this is an entertainment uh, um an entertainment event and so we want these folks to come and be entertained and uh, we want everybody to come to fort worth and have a good experience i'm going to be on a panel i told you about this before we started um during the national finals rodeo anthony lucia will moderate jeff metters tommy joe lucia i forget who else but they're going to be four or five of us we're going to talk about production but in particular we're going to talk about the new addition now to our lives over the last few years of the cowboy channel and meshing the production in your arena in a manner that it makes for the best possible television show and i am going to cite fort worth and cheyenne as two of the best rodeos in my opinion for managing television and in arena all at the same time because the two products are actually different um what what you're presenting to your in arena audience is not necessarily the same thing that what that you're presenting to your television audience but you guys managed to bring them all together pretty well i don't know how you do it exactly cal but talk about that a little bit well you know in my opinion it's really the the first and foremost it's about communication and obviously we build we, we have a team here that spends a month together so we want to have folks on site that are working together as a team. We don't want people, cut, you know, cutting each other or, you know, trying to work around somebody. We all communicate. We all stay in contact with each other. We have production meetings prior to every perf. So to mesh the broadcast into an in-arena in production, we bring the Cowboy Channel folks into those production meetings, into that line of communication. We start well in advance of the show talking to folks with the Cowboy Channel and talking to the broadcast side of things. And we maintain an open line of communication. And we communicate, this is what we want to do. This is what we're thinking. What are y'all thinking? And I think that is the biggest thing for us is just that open communication with everyone, knowing who the players are, keeping those folks ingrained in everything that we're doing. We also have a, we maintain our run of show in, on an, in an online platform called Showflow. And it's updated in real time right. with any changes that happen. Um, and so uh, the Cowboy Channel folks and the broadcast uh, folks have access to that show flow. So that kind of keeps everybody central to what's going on. And I think that's another big key component of our broadcast and why it's, it seems to be uh, relatively seamless between the two um, productions. And, you know, it is still a challenge because, to your point, the in-arena production is really different than the on-air production. And so there's times that, that we're still t working on tweaking, uh, times in the front of our production when we go dark um, and things like that that don't translate well to the picture at home for an right. at-home viewer. And so we're going to continue to work for, work on that as we move forward. And, and it's just the broadcast is always top of mind for us because it's our opportunity to get in front of people that may have never been to Fort Worth. Sure. You know, and that's the, that's the interesting thing about it. Realistically, the people in the seats – they're the ones that pay all the bills, the ones that buy the tickets. But you're reaching so many people that you want to come become one of those people sitting in the seat buying a ticket. Um, and, and 
you're reaching I mean, this great historic rodeo reaching so many people around the world. Bob Tallman always talks about watch parties everywhere. Um, and I think they're going on during your rodeo. Absolutely. No, I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. I think that uh, folks, uh, you know, are tuned in to Fort Worth. And it's really great for our event because they, they get to see some of that tradition and some of these modern things that we're doing. And hopefully what the, um, the, the thought process is on their end is that, hey, I'd love to go to Fort Worth and see the, everything else that they have to offer. Because not only we, do we offer the rodeo performances uh, for the Cowboy Channel broadcast, but we also have other things on this side of the grounds that we, that we send to broadcast as well. Um, some uh, charo events right. and high school rodeo and the, the sale of champions that will take place on our final Saturday. So we're really trying to offer a full spectrum of viewing opportunities of things that take place here on the grounds. Right. Um, so production-wise in 2024, I got it right this time, uh, <laughs> will there be anything new? Will there be anything different? Will there be anything changed? There are some things that should – that beautiful opening with the flags that have flown over Texas and all that, there are some things that, in my opinion, should never change. Yeah. Um, well, we are going to – you know, speaking of broadcast and speaking of announcers, we've got some some shifts that we're making. Um, obviously, we're a 127-year-old event, and we have to be thinking along the lines back to the rodeo fan profile changing and the younger audiences coming in and the future of the show. Um, <clears throat> we have to be thinking about what the future looks like 10 years, 15, 20 years down the road. So... We we're actually going to bring in some young announcers to team up with Bob Tallman up there on the announcing platform in Anthony Lucia and Garrett Yerrigan. Uh, Anthony was on the Cowboy Channel pre-show for us last year. Garrett was our show caller, uh, both young up-and-coming announcers. Uh, Bob, obviously 47 years with the show, legendary, been the voice of Fort Worth for many, many years. Uh, we want to offer these young guys the opportunity to work under his tutelage um, so that he can pass along his experience and knowledge as he gets closer to his 50th year anniversary with us, which is coming up quick. Um, Doug Mathis, is, who has been Bob's team announcer up there on the, on the announcing stand with him, is actually going to move over to the pre-show, so he'll now be on the Cowboy Channel broadcast. Okay. And so he's going to get an opportunity to get involved in the TV side of things and build his brand and be in front of audiences all over the nation. And so... Yeah, and Doug's got a, a rich history with Fort Worth, too. Yes, he I mean, yeah. you talk about Bob's history. Doug Doug started checking papers on cows coming into the stock show part of things and snuck into the rodeo when nobody was looking, and now here he is as one of the guys that's a part of it. Yeah, it, that's the beautiful thing about those four guys, um, in Garrett, Anthony, Bob, and Doug, is obviously Bob's been with the show for 47 years. I mean, he's, you know, he's part of us, you know what I mean? He's right. our team, our family. Uh, Doug as well started over out there checking livestock in and working parking. Garrett started down working gates uh, and on the feed crew for Jim Gay Raptor right. G Rodeo. And Anthony basically came out of the womb here in Fort Worth with his dad Tommy Lucia and Whiplash, and then came back and, and um, performed specialty acts later on. And now and then the pre-show last year for Cowboy Channel, and now on the announcing stand. And so anyway, those four guys. They're all like family to us, and it's just that Anthony and, and Garrett are that kind of that younger influence and bring a new, a new way of doing things, a new way of attracting young audience members, and yeah. so and they can they have the benefit of having Doug Mathis right there to lean on and Bob Tallman to lean on, and we think that is a, an extremely important 
for them to be able to do that. Yeah, and they're going to be great. Those are they're two two of my best friends, and they're going to be great. Cal, I appreciate your time. Congratulations on last year. Um, it's always hard to repeat, but you guys have done. You guys produce a product you ought to be awful darn proud of here in Fort Worth. Well, thank you for saying that. We are very proud of our product, but it's also great to hear it coming from, uh, you know, an industry leader like yourself, Steve. And we are very humbled and honored again to be nominated for Large Indoor Rodeo of the Year. Cal White, I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Cal White, the Rodeo Director of the Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo. FWSSR.com is the website for tickets and more about the Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo. Thanks to Cal White for his time. Thank you for listening. Not your traditional podcast today. We covered a lot of different topics and uh, got into a lot of different stories, but uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you'll support our sponsors. Thank you to Wrangler. Thank you to M2 Ranch Jerky. Thank you to Unbeatable Feeds, to Prefort, to Resistall, to the Justin Boot Company, to Classic Equine, and a big thank you to the Grandview at Las Vegas, the place we stay during the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. Thank you to uh, the folks at Next Gen Rodeo. Remember, the Next Gen Rodeo app this weekend is streaming the International Pro Rodeo Association Finals. The International Finals Rodeo runs all the way through Sunday at the Lazy E Arena in Guthrie, Oklahoma. If you happen to be around Spokane, Washington this weekend, bundle up. I'll be there announcing a PBR Velocity Tour event along with my friend Trey Windhorse on Saturday night. God bless everybody. Thanks for listening. This is the Steve Kenyon Podcast.